what have you. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And I think you all ought to really welcome us back to what have you. <laughs> it's been a minute. I mean, it's like since we came. It's good to be back. Out good to be back. Town. Yeah. We decided to do this one a late. By late, I mean at 5.57 on a Sunday night. Late. Yeah. Uh, but because we knew we would miss it this week. We... If we forge into this week, having not already done the podcast, then... That's just how it's gonna That's be. That's it. It's yeah. gonna be it. I we didn't do one last week, but that was because you, I think, were the one we can blame it on. No, since, since you I had was innocent. since you had a lot of I had classes, classes. But had you been ever so ready and willing, I would have been like, no, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> there was so. Rachel's in class all week, last week. And the week before that, I had my kitchen sink go on the blink. And it went on the blink while we were out of town. And our kids were texting to me like, it's dripping under the sink. You know, like, it's dripping. And so, it was like, shoot, we'll look at that when we get back. We look at it. It's not an obvious answer. Ben gets up in it. He can't find where the leak is, which means it's up inside the wall behind the backsplash of my huge cast iron sink that I got. So he was like, you know what? He had to leave on another trip. So he's like, we're just going to call a plumber. So he calls the plumber. The plumber says I can't come till Friday. This is like on a Monday. So from Monday till Friday, we cannot use our kitchen sink. Which is a real hindrance. And not only can we not use our kitchen sink, we can't use our dishwashers. Because if you turn the water on to the sink, Mm -hmm. which you need for the dishwashers, it's dripping. And so it's like, we can do it. We can make it till Friday. He doesn't come on Friday. He just refrains from attending. And Ben and I leave again on Saturday. So we're gone Saturday, Sunday. We get back. He's still not come. We are now in the next week. I have soup night on Tuesday. Then I have a dinner, like a formal dinner on Friday. And the plumber rolls in on like Wednesday. And he says, yeah, there's no way to get to that. You're going to probably have to cut a hole in from the outside of the house. As one likes to do. Loves it. Loves it. Ben is again on another trip. We had like, this was, as you can tell, a spree of short trips. But I had to throw, well, we got through soup night with no sink. Then, then Ben's out of town and I'm putting on this dinner and he's supposed to arrive in town. Basically, he literally arrived about 15 seconds before the first guest. So it was like, I was putting the whole thing together Ben's out of town and there's no kitchen sink. So you're using water from the bathtub, which is not at all. It feels not first world. The whole thing is hideous. But Ben gets back. The guests show up at 630. Ben showed up about six, about 15 seconds before the first guest because he came in with his, his suitcase. And he had made it across the dining room when the first guest arrived. So it was like he ran in, changed, came out. So now it's like Friday night. Every single dish in the house is dirty at this point because it's multiple courses and 
things. But I was like, it's okay because Ben's back in town and we're going to be home on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And he can fix the sink and life will be okay. And then I'll do the dishes. <laughs> and then Saturday morning, we wake up, not a single speck of anything cleaned up because, you know, yeah. how could you? Saturday morning, <laughs> the shower, the pipe snaps inside the wall. Just inside. On a Saturday morning. So we talked about this. We talked about this with Jake. Uh, not Jake. Joe and Amy. And Joe was like, yeah, they got water hammered. What's that mean? Apparently, with old metal pipes, that because water cannot compress. Okay. That water hammering can happen, but all kinds of little water tricks. Like, if two people in an old house turn the water on at exactly the same time or turn it off, it's like shock waves of water. And old metal pipes can snap. So, it probably happened to both of them at the same time. Like, you got a good water hammering in your house. Oh, my word. Well, because I was like, how do you have two metal pipes in the wall break? He said old bathtubs that have, like, a little thing that you pull out, like the drain. Yeah. That if kids are, like, playing with it or snapping it, like, that can be enough to like send the water like to ricochet oh, like like word. hit the water and have it ripple through everything and then oh, snap a pipe oh my gosh well we snapped two one in the kitchen yeah. one in the bathroom and which I was basically like, made... how did i not know that water hammering was a thing that could happen no? but apparently now you've lived it i've lived it but i didn't know it was a thing but basically so then it was saturday morning ben's home now the shower doesn't work that means now we just don't have water well so... you could have washed <laughs> dishes in the toilet <laughs> If only I thought never of that. Never say never, Becca. If only I thought of it. And we have this little bathroom sink with this little faucet. You cannot fit anything underneath that. Like, yeah. you can wash a little, like, a juice glass, and it's okay. But you can't, like, wash a pitcher in there. So, anyway, now I have the debris of that. Like, the dinner party that was for 30-whatever people, multiple courses, all the pots and pans, all the things. And no way to wash them. That was last Saturday. And that day. Yeah, I was going to say, other more fun things happened that Saturday. Other more fun things that day is that my daughter, Belle Phoebe, got engaged, which was a kind of a major life event, you know. And it's like occurring while we're buried in random <laughs> debris. <laughs> we have no water. And so, anyhow, it's taken me basically the week. I've I've sort of crept out of the hole because now Ben fixed both the kitchen sink and the shower. I have a shower. I have a sink. But I have a hole in the shower wall and I have a... Well, today he fixed the hole in the... Or yesterday he fixed the hole in the side of the house. So, that was exciting. But, all to say, the big news is... Now we're planning a wedding. Now I'm planning a wedding. And now that I've washed the dishes... I can think about it. It's a whole situation. <laughs> it is funny when you're when the things that you rely on go wrong. It's like, well, whoa. you're like, wow. I did not realize what a rhythm I had in my life yeah. until I can't have until it anymore. There you are. That is one of our washing machines was not draining. And I me, mean, that makes me sound really spoiled. Because there is another one right beside it. So yeah. we had, it was just cutting my laundry yeah. capacity in half but when luke got it all out turned out we just plugged up the drain with a sock like a sock was all oh. 
jacked in there. So we had to take it off and oh my word, take a pipe a hose out or whatever and get a sock out of it. Oh but, my word! But it was fixable and he fixed yeah. it himself. That's and it's awesome. amazing how you finally feel like okay. Yeah. I'll be able, now, now I'll be able to do something. I know, but it went really for us, it was like two weeks without that dang sink. It was, but meanwhile, Belle got engaged and that is so exciting. And that was very extravagant. Last week, she, we had a big party, <laughs> had a big party at Sabbath dinner. Yeah, we did. And that was my, that was my, uh, that, and then I was gone, and then I was doing classes for a week. And I tell you, I think I said this probably last time. It's just like eight to this year. It's only eight to like four fifteen or something every day, and it's just one week of classes. But nothing will make me more desperate to do my normal life yeah. than being out of your normal life. Yeah. Like I really have a hard time sitting still when I'm uh-huh. like you. I'm sorry, you don't understand. I need to find out what's in the fridge and sort that out right now. Like yeah. this is actually right. an urgent Like there's some cilantro we're that having needs an urgent to be addressed. Yes, it's like I'm <laughs> sitting in a class being like, guys, guys, enough of this. I need to go work on that now. So this week I I uh knit a baby hat every day of classes. During class? Yeah. You were that one, were you? I totally was that one. I thought, it might feel rude. And then I was like, no, it doesn't feel rude. It feels just fine. I still, the last time I was a student was so long ago that nobody had computers in class. Yeah. It still feels bizarre to me that everyone has their computers out and is tip-tap-tapping on it and doing that. It's a really different dynamic than the last time I was a student. And I felt like... That it allowed for knitting so like, needles. If you're allowed to have a laptop, I'm allowed to knit. I can knit a baby hat. I why not? I should probably mm-hmm. do that. I so I did. That. I did that. That's that is what really I accomplished funny. in this time. Well, back to this. I need to just say this for a minute: is that running in and out of our conversations over the next few months, you may find me speaking of weddings more often than not. Does everyone be apprised? <laughs> I think it's important <laughs> to note that Belle's fiance Lex. His, how long has he lived here? Two years? No. This is his second, second year. But his family then moved back up here. His mom came to I was NSA in for wedding. One, more than that, Becca sewed his mother's wedding I dress. I sewed the wedding dress. And in yes. a really weird twist of of history, I don't know what you think. I was the, <laughs> I was in high school when because she was here for yeah, NSA she was, for a year. So okay, Lex's her, mom Bess was in college with me for a year. She was a year behind me at NSA, but they lived across the street and we were good chums. And she was not engaged when she came up. No, but Brian flew up to propose to her. But the important tidbit I was trying to get at for you all is in this olden days of time, he came to our house, we were across the street, and asked if I would take pictures of the proposal. So I was hiding in the lilacs with a disposable camera (laughs) when my niece's husband's parents got engaged. <laughs> it's important to really draw these full circles. And I was I was not there for the proposal, but I was in the wedding and then we kept in touch over the years but not closely. Like we only saw each other a handful of times since college. 
And then of all the crazy things, like Lex moved up and, you know, mm-hmm. started NSA. And now he and Belle are engaged. But the funniest part is one of the times that we saw each other since college. Apparently, Bess, who was always better at documenting moments than I was, took a picture. And there is Lex and Belle babies sitting at the table together obviously both having just woken up from a nap looking really rugged mm-hmm. bell with a sippy cup and the two of them as babies actually did meet but then didn't meet at all until so they funny. were 20 years old but anyway i just think it's so funny. too funny like coming full circle but anyway so they got engaged last saturday on top of the green elevators in moscow right at sunset which was very scenic and beautiful and then we had a big sabbath dinner party and then rachel went off to class and i tried to pick myself up off the floor of Mm -hmm. dishes and crisis management and here we are at the end of that week having what i'm what we're saying is that you missed nothing we were gone but there was nothing to talk about But if i start spending a lot of time harping away on things i mind about weddings just just be warned in advance things you I don't think you're gonna I don't think I will let you talk about things you mind about weddings oh you don't even know Rachel no I think we'll have to cancel I I just feel like those would be the things we'd have to edit out of the episode later so (laughs) I'm just gonna tell you now we're not gonna make just dear listeners I won't let that happen if we could if we could work out a hand signal so that if I start saying and another thing I hate You can give me a you can give me a little quick high sign. Yeah, I'll, 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 change, no, Becca, no, Becca. I'll be like, I hate it when people don't read their Bibles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One thing people should do, everyone no, should know. It is funny. I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of everything wrapped up in weddings there's a lot well, going on there weddings are super important that's they just the, the way that it is and one of the great things about i think it's easy for people who think oh just the vows are important to think that the ceremony doesn't carry any particular import but it is one of the very few things in our culture that we still have that is what Solemnna, right? Yeah, like, what Lewis calls solemnna. Yeah, solemn joy, like like that it's very serious, but it's also super joyful. But it's very like you are yeah. promising something until you die now, you know? You know, it's Lewis talks about this in his Preface to Paradise Lost, where he describes the whole medieval concept of solemnna. And he says, he lists a few places where we still understand it. Weirdly, none of them are things that modern Americans can understand. But I do think weddings, there's a remnant left. But he says a coronation, which, mm-hmm. okay, Americans don't have in the first place. And even well, if we would understand it. No, we wouldn't. Yeah, we, we would. No, we wouldn't. Yes, Nobody we understands would. what a coronation even, like, Americans don't have a concept of that. And it, neither do Brits since it, it has hasn't so happened. Since. I was going to say but I think that it's not that we've all seen it. I think we would still have the feeling that that's might, what was but, happening. But they would, it would probably be like informed by Disney cartoons. No, and I think I just you're wrong like, there. Because I think, haven't we all seen like the King's Speech or things where you, you have felt the weight of a... 
of uh, coronation. I would give I, it a 32%. Well, maybe Becca's right, and all Americans and most British people have no sense of it, but I have a sense no, of it, Becca. I, think, I do. I'm one of yeah, the few that not feels typical, that but, coronations have that. Yeah, and he said something about a... Um, his other example was like a prince... Was it a prince leading a princess out to dance a minuet? Also not something that we can like that intuitively one, yeah. grasp. And um and he's saying like these are it's joyful and it's a celebration, but it is solemn at the same time. It's mm-hmm. not and that is a thing I think especially Americans are bad at. Mm-hmm. Because I think weddings are probably the one place where there's a shard of it left where we all understand it's a celebration, but you can't just be cutting up and being stupid in the ceremony. You yeah. have to take it seriously. Um, but then there's a lot of people who really are cutting up and being stupid mm-hmm. in the ceremony. And so, uh, you know, like, I feel like even that is kind of wearing away. But, um, but yeah, like, the ceremony itself is kind of a yeah important piece. I will say one of... Mm, like, there's a lot of things that I think people... You do want to think about the fact that this is... That the tradition has a... A lot of the time, the tradition is actually our tradition. It's actually Christian tradition. Yeah. And that, that whole, like, oh, I don't want to do something stuffy. Yeah. Like saying vows that we didn't write. And yeah. Like, no, no. Lock them in. You're saying a vow that's because a vow. Because sometimes when people write their own vows, there's not a single vow they in the vow, whole thing. They vow things like, you make me feel so good. Yeah. You make me you the forever. best version of myself. Yeah. You know, they're not vowing. They're not saying... It's not a vow. They're not saying... It's a weird self-report. I... Yeah, I take up, you as you they know. get up and they say something mushy, and then they call that a vow, and that isn't a vow. No, and it, actually, those vows counteth, are intense. It counteth not. As it a vow. is intense. You yeah. are taking on something that is quite and the fact heavy. that you do it with a lot of witnesses because it matters mm-hmm. that there's a lot mm-hmm. of witnesses to hear you say it. Yep. Also, uh, I will say one of the traditions that I think is beautiful, but that is ta- that is done away with often now is the bride See, wearing of you're veil. you're doing it it wasn't even me it yeah, was rachel she I did it, it first i did it i got should i say i one of the traditions that i hate people passing Ditching. over is reading the bible <laughs> <laughs> i'm giving her a high sign yeah no, the, veil, it's the veil i was gonna say the, the veil. veil is actually very symbolic and it's very important like in terms yeah, of it being lovely. the it purity so of the bride and that she is a virgin and that you're bri- that she's coming down the aisle on her father's arm and then it's her father who gives her away and who lifts her veil and gives her to the man that is that's a beautiful tradition and it's not a style choice it's right? not or it's not only a style choice because yeah. veils have different different styles sure. through the years but my point is there's a real christian testimony in that that i'm like yeah. don't just ditch it it's not like it is it's not like i'm not trying to claim that you can't just get married in civilian clothes and yeah. take the vow whatever i'm not but in such cases as you have an opportunity to testify in that way do it yeah, yeah. okay now i broke the seal on it becca what do you hate about weddings <laughs> <laughs> i think there's I, there's just I so didn't. Much. I didn't really mean that we should talk about that now, unless you have something no. unoffensive. I'm about to have so many thoughts on the subject, but I, I really feel like over the last, well, since I got married, 
there's been a humongous shift in yeah. a lot of the traditions. And a lot of it is powered by technology. And a bunch of it has made everything quite a lot simpler, easier, more efficient, and is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times technology drives us to change things thoughtlessly. And we we just it changes, and we didn't actually take the time to say did we good? did we actually want to throw this overboard, or did it just happen? You right. know, and so as I'm thinking through all the details of like okay, there's all this stuff to plan, and there's a lot of logistics, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of specific things, and you know like how what is the role of the wedding guest? Like what are we actually inviting them to do? Mm-hmm. And what is, you know, I, I just remember like when I got married, you sent out a print invitation with an RSVP card that they had to mail back. And so that is, was an extra step, you know, and then now everybody has the wedding website and that's quite a lot more convenient and more instantaneous and it mm-hmm. keeps the guest list all compiled and everything else. But you know, like I remember back when, <laughs> when we got married, you would go register but then if somebody wanted to buy you a gift, they had to like drive themselves to the department store, go in there, find the person mm-hmm. on the counter, say, are they registered here? And then they would look you up on the computer, print out a huge packet. The person would have to tromp around the store looking at things and decide what they wanted to yeah. buy you. And that was a big hullabaloo. And now you can go click, 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 and the gift is sent. But at the same time... That can make the whole thing kind of like crassly commercial where it's like your role as a wedding guest guest is to buy us a thing that we it's have funnier. carefully curated and put right in front of you from the very beginning of this whole ceremony. It is very clear that we want you to buy us there this thing. There was some time in my life when I got that wedding invitation and since I don't remember who it is, who it was from, you can just say I it. can say it and assume that I'm not trotting upon toes because if it was you I don't remember that it was you so there's that uh (laughs) but it was a wedding invitation that had a note inside of it that said please don't buy us a gift just give us cash like it was even a step further and it was even not phrased in a way that made it comely in any way no it was just like please send your money to this address I mean one time I clicked on a wedding registry that had a big intro. No, it wasn't a wedding. Was it a wedding? Now we do registries for just all things, I guess. It's kind of like things I would like everyone to buy me. I'm, I've put my registry out there. But yeah. So whatever this was, it had this note at the top. That was this big sort of like, I am extremely particular in my tastes. So I have made it clear what colors I want you to buy me. You know, like... Don't don't go off my plan. Yeah, this is the thing. And this is where it was good for us all. I think there was a real hearty, healthy part of receiving gifts that you didn't... Yeah, that you hadn't asked for. And you didn't know what to do with. And some of the time... It was something that you had not asked for, you wouldn't have ever thought of, and you were like, and that you love it is forever. awesome. And I love that. There's actually a gift, there's a gift that we did not register for, that someone just guessed, I mean, I think someone just saw into our future better than we saw yeah. into our future and got us. Yeah. And then it it was such a great gift that here I am 18 years later that Luke and I were like, mm, maybe that's what we should get Lex and Bell. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's awesome. And I'm like, but it was, but I'm sure that they won't register for it. And I yeah. didn't, you know, you're like, but see, that's the thing. I remember getting things at my wedding shower that I, because I had not been married, I didn't know what I needed. You yeah. know, and yeah. this is what happens, I think, at, at baby showers too, is that like some of the time, yeah, people give really weird gifts and you're just like, whoa, that's strange. But at the same time, there are experienced moms yeah. who are like, we're going to give you some things and they, they actually know what they're doing. And lots of times you look at, at the ideas that a first time mom has for what this she's going to need. And you're like, and oh you're my like, heavenly oh, you day. Cute, you cute thing. You don't know what you're about, you know, yeah. because you've not no, done it before. So true. Okay. But this is the thing. This is the thing that I think it's a really big topic, but I have been thinking about it. I am doing a webinar in, um, think in March. So coming soon webinar on modern, modern mothering, like a detox for modern mothers. Would you talk about how you don't need an app for every single part of it? Yeah. Well, there's one thing there. You probably (laughs) don't need an app. Do a special event on apps. I hate it. I hate it. Wow. Now we're turning into the (laughs) cranky old lady. I was like, I hear us. I hear the tone. Uh We're shifting into one other thing. Yeah. <laughs> However, what I was going to say is I do actually think that this is a really significant thing that a lot, I like that we can see a, a fight with a feather duster and a Nerf gun happening yeah, through good. the window it's of my house. Sword fight. Um, so one of the things that I think is interesting and is a real problem kind of in the church is this whole concept of the older women should teach the younger women. Yeah. The problem is that younger women... And this is not, I think there's, I have no doubt that there are problems all around. So I'm not, I'm not picking on younger women. Yeah, sure. But one of the issues I see with younger women is that they want to learn from their peers because they're trying to all be cool at the same time or look like they're hip. And I think that the reality is that older mothers are not looking hip but a lot of the time, it has more to do with the fact that they see through what the hipness yeah. is for in the first place. Yeah. Not that they are just can't get with the times. Occasionally, but that they, they're stuck in their own hip from it, 15 years ago. I'm, there's all kinds of issues. But, not but my always. point is, a lot of the time, I think it's actually because they are not persuaded by what's happening yeah. to the younger mothers that it makes them look unattractive to sure. the younger mothers. Because yeah. they're not thinking... Oh, I want to be like yeah. that because they're actually thinking, no, it's this, you know, yeah. whatever. It's an Instagram account I follow that I really yeah. like the look of her yeah. house and, you know, whatever. And they're just not yeah. um, thinking in bigger principles. They're just caught up in a little, yeah. in a, and it makes for, it is, in my opinion, that conversation between women who have raised children to women who are just starting out. Yeah. needs all the help that it can get in mm-hmm. people breaking down those barriers because the world does not know what it is telling you. It is mm-hmm. so dumb about the things it will say about children, about babies, about motherhood. Yep. And that is just not And actually, man, I feel like we could, I'm, I'm like trying to decide if I should even say this. One of those things though, is the whole, okay, I'll tell a story about this. All right, do it. During one of my lunch breaks last week, I ran to Joanne's. Okay. Can't tell you why now. I don't know. 
Oh, I picked up, uh, whatever. I didn't have a car, and then Mom turned out to be in an antique store, and then I went with Mom out to the mall, and then she was in Winco, and I ran to Joanne. So in that little yeah, window, in that moment, there was a woman buying a big piece of black polar fleece, like fleece with moons on it, gray moons, okay. black and gray, yeah, and gray backing polar okay. fleece. I believe she was embarking on a tied polar fleece blanket. Yeah, of course she was. Well, the woman cutting the fabric was not on board with the project. And it was very <laughs> funny. It was like, she's like, I mean, you should do pink. Put something pink on it. She's like, it's a baby girl. Like, put something. So it was like black and gray and moons. And this woman saying, that's what her parents are doing. Her room is all in moons and gray, and that's all that yeah. they want in her room. Yeah. And the lady who was cutting the fabric was like, just get some pink ribbons and tie it on the edges. She was really getting invested in yeah. needing to have a piece of pink on yeah. this blanket. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And even sent the woman off with her fabric with a like, wow, that's just a shame. I mean, it was very funny because it was funny. She was she was <laughs> correct that this was a gosh awful project to be taking off on for a baby girl, but she was maybe letting it leak a little more than it should have. <laughs> and then she saw me laughing and she was like, Did you hear that? And I was like, mm, yeah I did and she was like, That is so stupid. I just think that is the stupidest thing. And I was like, Well yeah, and I said, "Yep, yeah, that's true, because babies come as boys or girls, don't they? And she said there was somebody in there the other week that was all upset because her son was having a baby, but they weren't going to tell anyone. She had to get gender-neutral colors yeah. because they were going to let the baby decide what it was oh, on its no. own time. So they could only do neutral colors. And that's when I said, yes, it was a big silly, the whole thing's a big stupid you know, whatever. And I was like, because babies, as it turns out, are quite binary. It's a boy or a girl. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, for the first time, she noticed that this was not politically correct because what uh, I said. And then I think she was trying to get out of it. was like yeah. very funny. Because Quickly reversed. Then she was like, well, I just think it's just cheerful colors. It's not that they have to be. And I said, no, it's really silly. They're either a boy or a girl when they're born. And she was like, well, and but but their brain might be something else. And I said, no, literally every cell in the human body is male or female. Like you're yeah. a boy or a girl. And she's like, well, well, I, she was, <laughs> she was coming up short. And then she, um, I said, no, it's just, you know, in a world that likes to say that it follows the science, we really don't follow the science on this issue. And she was like, well, no, they're just discovering about cells in your brain. And I was like, no, they're not. Like, that's not, they're not discovering that. She was having a big day this week. She was. Well, yeah. she, she brought it down on herself. And I think it was just that I was then saying things out loud that she didn't want to be yeah. associated with. And it was, it was a funny ending to the whole operation. <laughs> but I'm bringing this up to tell you that you are, everyone is completely deceived if they think that dressing your babies in gender neutral, uh, nothing designated yeah. boy or girl is actually about sustainability or using no. the same clothes for the other child. It is no. about erasing the imprint Absolutely. of masculinity or femininity on your baby. And it doesn't matter that the clothes are kind of old fashioned looking No, because that old fashioned looking is just what's making you bite. 
What's the make old fashioned it, looking is because you looked at sepia toned photos and you couldn't tell that there were colors. And so <laughs> you can't you can't dress all of your children gender regardless. Gender and have them all in sepia toned clothes. It's gender indifferent. It's yeah. this idea that we don't actually care. When the Christian testimony on infants right now, more than ever, needs to be, it's a boy yeah. or it's a girl. And we yeah. are grateful for that. And that we're, we're not doing any of this. Maybe if I got out my binoculars, I could locate no. a small, no. faint floral pattern somewhere because you wouldn't even know the truth then. Like you wouldn't know for sure, you know, like, and this is a, and I say this, this is really, man, I'm, we are doing the grouchy old lady, but I'm saying it with a lot of sincerity. It's hip right now. And a lot of young mothers are buying into gender ambiguity in a way that they don't even realize they are. Yeah, but agreed. putting your they think infant it's just boys, minimalist. They think it's minimalist. They think it's old fashioned. They think it's They think it's yeah, it's beautiful. It makes good photos. But here's the thing: boys should not be wearing bonnets. No. Or fold over bobby socks with little like Mary fancy Jane Mary Jane footwears. Even these, if Christopher Robin wore, doesn't it. matter. No, it doesn't yeah. matter because actually these things have meaning now. Yeah. And it doesn't matter that in 1902, no one would have thought that this was a girl. In in 2022, people don't know. Like, and it and it exactly. matters. And I'm just like, you know what? So here's the thing. I make this distinction in class when we're talking about aesthetics. Um, certain things have just inherent meaning. Mm-hmm. If you slap someone across the face... It doesn't matter what century you're in, what continent you're on. Mm-hmm. It has inherent meaning. When you try to hurt someone, when you embrace someone, these are things that inherently mm-hmm. mean what they mean across humanity. Mm-hmm. Then there's other things that are like culturally, you know, like in some cultures you do this to be polite, but it's terribly rude. Oh, like slurpier nails. Yeah. yeah. Like you might be really rude in one country, but you're not in the other. Language can be like that. Like a word that was totally fine in the King James Bible is maybe offensive now were you to drop it to your grandmother. Words can can yeah. can sort of like morph over time. But just because they don't have inherent meaning, like they could change across cultures, does not mean that they don't have objective meaning right, right now. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, so I use this example with the kids. is like, let's say that there were people who really wanted to dress up in KKK costumes because all the cool kids were doing it, you know, in the 1950s or something. Well, no, you're not allowed to because that is saying something wicked. You Mm -hmm. cannot put that on because it is wicked. Now, can you imagine, like, in the course of time and the way things change, can you imagine if enough kids wanted to do it because it was cool and then it caught on and then it became a thing and then all the Christian kids were doing it. And then it became more and a thing about like skateboarding passe, than anything and, else. Yeah. yeah, and then it sort of just became like mainstream and then like fast forward 75 years and let's say it's just standard. It's like blue jeans, you know. Would it be sinful for someone to wear a white garb in the abstract? Like inherently, is it inherently wicked to wear white garbs like that? No, it's not inherently wrong. Is it objectively wrong right now? 
Yes, because it objectively means what it means. And you cannot say, oh, but look, in some other hypothetical time, it could be okay. Therefore, in it's my, okay right now. In my imaginary world, right. me dressing my toddler boy like he might be a little girl yeah. doesn't mean right. anything. But it, now, it does is it mean possible? something. It means something very now. significant right, right now. now. It means something. And, and so, the same way, I would just say, just putting this out there, if you're considering baby names, there was a time when a gender ambiguous name was not as important as right. it would be right now. Like there was yeah. a time, like now is the time when you, all of, the, down on all the, of the signals, don't go for a name that no one can tell which it is. Don't dress your children in ways that nobody can tell yeah, which it is. because the thing is, again, with the KKK costume, is there anything inherently wrong with, with white dresses or pointy hats? No, there's nothing inherently wrong. Is it objectively wrong? Absolutely. It's wrong. Mm -hmm. And you can't point to the fact that in another century it might mean something else. I don't care. It doesn't mean that now. I'm just... It I means just what feel... it means right now. And so, like, seriously, in a moment when gender stuff is under attack, lean in well, to this. And one of the... Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I just want to say is that the big cultural momentum that's happening of mommy blogs and mommy this and Instagram and all the cute brands of baby clothes and mm -hmm. what they're offering the world. All of that is part of a big grinding machine to mm -hmm. eliminate the differences between boys and girls. Yeah. And here's the thing is that Christian women, we were just talking about this. It used to be harder to stand out and look lovely now I feel like young Christian women who just aren't heavily pierced and tattooed and have their hair a natural color and are pregnant and have a toddler. It's like, and have a smile. it's like, it's like a bizarre, beautiful yeah. sight for a, like you don't yeah. see it as often. And that, that's a, that's actually God being really kind to us that very basic faithfulness and very basic things are a good testimony right now. But one of these things is Christian mothers must not get on the world's bus of what our children should look like exactly. right now. And you, because you actually need to be a different testimony. Yep. I'm going to say this to all of you who may be the artsy mothers, like yeah. any of you who have a platform or who have any kind of connection with people with a platform, don't be followers right now. And yeah. all of the following and following all these different things is resulting in pushing a different agenda. Like if yeah. you dress your children to look like a specific testimony of Christianity right now, not a testimony to organic muffins or Do you whatever. Remember the line in Henry V where he says, we are the makers of fashion, Kate. I thought it was makers of manners. We're the makers of manners. I thought it was fashion, but maybe it's manners. Yeah. But Everyone needs to have a little bit more of that mood. Yes. It's like, don't the world just know. trail along behind what the world is doing. Do something of your own and have it be like an actual testimony to the way God made the world. Have and your little boys look different than your little like, girls. And here's the thing. I'm just going to say it. You don't need to say, oh, wow, I have a little girl here. Well, why don't I write to the Target Corporation and ask them how they would like me to represent her femininity? Like, well, think about it. 
who are those people, right? Yeah. Like, what have they been backing? What are they behind? And I'm not, I'm sure that Target has specific baby clothes in it also because the world does like to have some of those things. But my point is you can't just be on the bandwagon of whatever looks cute to people no. right now. It's like, are you just looking at the suggested reels on Instagram and I'm getting into it. That's the thing that determines what you do with your children. Like you actually ought to be thinking in terms of really the deep truths of the way God made the world. Your little boys need are they're little men mm-hmm. and they ought to look like little men. And mm-hmm. totally. your girls are little women. And they ought to be it ought to be in a way that nobody, believer or unbeliever has any doubt about which it right. is. Like, you don't want to have a strange, no. androgynous group trailing behind you that look oh, like... Oh, look. There's the Christian women and their ambiguously no, gendered children. because a lot of them kind of look like woodland mushrooms. And you don't know what gender And I'm going to be the first to say are. it. Woodland mushrooms <laughs> can be cute. But <laughs> the problem with some of the cuteness is when the woodland mushroom is also ambiguous. Like, <laughs> like, put a pink dress with that mushroom. Yeah, make a pink like, mushroom and a blue mushroom. Yeah, it's fine if, if you, you want to do mushrooms. I'm okay with the mushroom. <laughs> just, just... <laughs> but we really are old, Becca, because yeah, the thing are. is, is this, like... this is a perfect example, I would say, of one of the weird areas where most older Christian women are looking totally befuddled at what's being done by a younger wave of Christian mothers. Well, and they don't want to be offensive. And they don't want There's a wanna... lot of rust-colored bubble suits. <laughs> <laughs> and that you don't will... know what it means. You're like, huh. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is this is an area <laughs> where I know full well that that young mothers who are really into that yeah. do not, they are not asking me no. for my opinion because no. I dressed my daughters in floral bubbly pinks and things that were entirely not in right sure. now. Right. And if I had a baby girl right now, we'd be doing that some more. We'd be right. <laughs> we'd be right back to the floral blankets and the cute colors and the things. Uh-huh. But I know that the reason the younger women don't want to ask older women for feedback on these things is because they're not actually interested in looking like the older, like they're the actually, is, you they're trying to achieve something with among yeah, their but peers. Here's the deal. You don't have to adopt the styles of 2006. No. In order to be godly. That is okay. You we know, can, we let's can just let, say praise the Lord there. Like, we can let 2006 just go by in yeah, the, in the rear view mirror and it's okay that we do that. But you can operate within the aesthetic, you know, palette that you have. And there are ways to make it very, very distinctive right now in your own style. Mm-hmm. And that you is the duty that you have. You to take on my style to right. make it clear that this is a boy or a girl. But you should make it clear yeah. that it's a boy. You do have that obligation. Or that it's a girl. Also, I just want to say a thing about that. I really think do that, say a thing about I that. I think that whenever women are getting really into some of that kind of thing, their own fashion, their home look, their mm-hmm. baby styling, their mm-hmm. whatever, one of the things that's very common is that they are not actually checking if their husband likes this. That's true. And he may think that his son's fashion is not a hill to die on, 
but he but he may prefer, he may actually really wish he, he was, had the nerve to die on that hill because maybe that little boy ought to be in a little baseball hat and little levi's and little and, converse yeah or a carhartt here or there yeah. or something uh-huh. something more not, not a bubble suit right and like what is it it's a weird thing to do to a man to neutralize his son mm-hmm. and i'm just saying Maybe yeah. check in on that. Check in maybe, for sure. Maybe find out. Well, I, I so. think it's, yeah. Uh, and just just as an aside, like, okay, we're kind of talking about the more, like, foundational worldview issues that you need to be illustrating even in things like your children's fashion. But then just as a simple aside from that, speaking as the grouchy old lady that I obviously am right now, um, there are some fashions that I think are far more classic and enduring than others. And, and I do think that some of the stuff that's very of the moment right now has an incredibly short shelf life. And you're going to look back with great regret on super faddish sorts of things. Oh man, I did super laugh. It's kind of like, there was a meme of some, you know, the super prairie pioneer look that is in women's fashion right now. Right like now? That, yeah. That came like, back, yeah. I was really laughing at a meme <laughs> that was pictured from, oh, I think it was Dillard's. It was okay. someone, someone said, wow, the supply chain is so seriously jacked up that Dillard's just got in their 1887 <laughs> order. <laughs> and it was like, uh-huh. it was uh-huh. like these hilarious floral things with a big droopy lace collar yeah. and stuff it was it was yeah it was funny. well the thing is like it's it's a bit like when you see there's there's some people who have their little set package of filters that they, they put on their instagram posts so that every single photo of their family like when they look yeah. back it's washed out apricots colors right and so <laughs> actually that yeah. everything is mm-hmm. like it's like they have a packet of filters that's called washed out apricot and it is going to be like having welded yourself into the kitchen yeah. with the avocado refrigerator <laughs> and the shag rug and the, and then you can't get out of it because you stuck in a moment that's all stuck of your in a photos moment and i can't get out all of it. your photos are now that and so i i do think that there's just a worldview aside there's Sometimes you should look about yourself and just ask yourself if you're embracing the classics or whether Guys, you're there's a picture hitching of me your wagon to something that's going to be out in a minute. Somewhere, I don't know where, possibly destroyed and it wouldn't hurt my feelings if it had been destroyed. But there is a photo of me in high school and I am wearing Nike cream denim shorts. Okay. But they are... Full mostly to the knee. I remember that yeah. phase, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it then, was basically like a sawed-off jean at the knee. Well, they weren't sawed off, and what's weird no, they were is hemmed, I remember but I mean, that they came from J. Crew. So yeah, so it wasn't like I was. But I remember those, and sometimes you would cuff them a little bit at the. It wasn't at the from Kmart. It no. was just. Uh, I'm, it was I don't mean I remember your pair. I just remember it was a thing. Yeah, but then yeah. I had there's a photo of me wearing those. Yeah. With um, an athletic sock pulled up to oh. mid shin, perfect, and black Tivas? Nike sandals. Oh yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> and the weird thing is, is that it wasn't, it wasn't like I was doing a weird thing at the time. Right. 
It's just really weird in retrospect. Yeah, like, how did right. we get there that that seemed like a yeah, thing to do? Right. Throwing on a t-shirt and your uh-huh. knee-length yeah. denim and a mid-shin athletic but sock. the truth is, like, there are some things. If you were to go back decade by decade, there are some very mainstream styles that aged better than others. Yeah. And it's like, when you look at pictures of Audrey Hepburn... You don't say to yourself... That's, that's why I dress like Audrey. Yeah, Audrey Just is, to preserve my image. That's why I look through the like eras. Yeah. You look at pictures of her, you don't say, oh, that's embarrassing. But that's true. if you look at, I don't even know who, from, say, 1983, it probably doesn't have... It. It's coming back with an ironic flair, but that's not the same thing as a classic. Yeah. And so, I just mean, like, just look at Like, it's just giving us a word of caution. A word of caution. Like, maybe you should just try and get a backup from about five-year perspective and ask so, yourself how happy you'll be What I'm going to try to do it. to better our future is recover from not having really been home last week. Yeah. This I'm going to try to plan a wedding that is going to be transcendent of all time <laughs> and all <laughs> it won't be bounded there will be by nothing, fashion nothing will happen at this wedding that anyone will have any cause to say you know what I hate <laughs> no oh, one but us will yeah. be the people later being yeah. like you know what I hate <laughs> remember the time that we who's the snorkers whoa, that do that kind of thing well whoa. that would be us that yeah. do that all right, everybody. We gotta until some other time when we meet again. Yeah. Go unneutralize your <laughs> children's clothing. <laughs> Remember when, like, even diaper pins came in blue and. Oh pink. yeah, you wouldn't want to use a blue diaper pin yeah. on your pink no, child. You had it. <laughs> there were there were color coded opportunities at every turn, and now it's like beige. Washed out a puce. There was a there was a time when Rust puce was colors. not one of the colors that we went for. No. But then we it's come back anyway. around. Anyways, yeah. until Just, another time. Yeah, I'm glad that we really took a time out of our lives to address that question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's important though, it is. It's important and I also think it's important that the older women who hear this and are saying, Oh my word, yes and amen, I all of you guys just know that it, it's still your job to be, but obviously, lovingly and kindly be encouraging moms to be specifically Christian. Like, we're not trying to make fun of mothers who are, who are in many ways being countercultural by loving their children and loving their homes and loving that. Yeah. Like, it's not that. It's just important to tune in. Love your homes. Love your kids. Love your people. And then... Just double check that you're not bringing on board weird worldview stuff exactly. as you do it. Exactly my point. All right, until well, next time. It's been good. Goodbye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out Becca and Rachel's pages on Canon Plus. There you can listen to their audiobooks, watch their conference talks, and listen to the full What Have You archive. Just click the link in the show notes to start listening today.